Welcome to CPF Firewire, a podcast from California professional firefighters where we discuss a wide range of issues affecting firefighters, our unions, our families, and the communities we serve. Hi, everybody. Good afternoon. This is Brian Rice. I'm the president of the California Professional Firefighters, and I want to welcome everybody to our new podcast. And today we're with engineer Brian Ursetti. Brian is the president of Arcadia Firefighters Local 3440, and I've got Captain Nick Gracia, who is president of Daly City Firefighters Local 1879. And really today we're just going to have a discussion um, over how each of us um, got active in our unions, what brought us to our to our profession, what made you become a firefighter. And I want to thank both of you for joining me today. Right, no problem. Thank you for having and us. I believe it's important to talk about this subject because we have so many new people in the fire service, and it's vital for them to understand that the labor standards and the rights that we currently have today uh, are there because of the hard work of others. And... This, this whole podcast theory is going to be our way as leaders to reach down to all the members in the fire service as we go along. So I'd like to start off um, with how we as individuals got here and, in my opinion, how we got to have the privilege of serving in, in really the best profession in the world. So I'm going to start uh, with each of you. Why did you become a firefighter? Brian, I'll start with you. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for having me here, Brian. Um, I was working for a nonprofit organization doing, uh, I did a lot of construction and was building affordable housing and ended up volunteering with a fire department in West Virginia. It was just, you know, the first day they said- West Virginia. West Virginia. Were you born and raised in West Virginia? No, I was born and raised in Arcadia where I work now. Uh, <laughs> but I, I worked for this nonprofit. They'd send me all over the country just building- you know, affordable housing and, and helping out in some low income areas. And, uh, but, you know, I asked, Hey, what does it take to volunteer here at this fire department? And, you know, just tiny town in West Virginia. And they threw me a turnout jacket and they said, oh, just show up when this pager goes off. And I was like, well, I mean, no training, wow. nothing, but after getting to know those guys and, and really, I just had a shift. I said, this is what I want to do. I like, even though I didn't know what I was doing uh, there at the time, no training, I realized, you know, I wanted to be in in a job where anything could happen at any time and you're really serving the public. And, um, yeah, I I could never see myself behind a desk, too. So it fit perfectly for me. Right. Yeah. uh, It's funny. I also work where I grew up, ironic enough, same as you, Brian. But, um, yeah, for me growing up, I was fortunate in that I had some family members in the fire service. Uh, My grandfather was a firefighter. My uncle uh, was Nick, were they in San Francisco? They were in San Francisco, okay. yeah. All these, all these uh, folks in my family were in San Francisco. Uh, my grandfather, my uncle, and my brother all worked in San Francisco Fire. So I was always exposed to it, always around it. Um, so I, for the most part, knew that's what I wanted to do. Um, and on the labor side, I'd always been exposed to that as well. My dad was a sheet metal worker, worker excuse me. Um, my mom was a nurse. So, you know, I was aware of kind of both of those things um, to a certain extent growing up. So for the most part, right out of high school, I was, you know, getting right after it, trying to get to school and go through all the steps, uh, you know, volunteer, all the things that we all do, uh, as you say, to get into the best profession in the world. Yeah. It, for me, I grew up, I was born and raised in Fontana, California, which is in Southern California. And when I was eight, my dad died suddenly. And my two uncles, well, one was a captain for the city of Fontana, 
and the other was a firefighter for the city of Rialto. And as little kids, you know, my mom, and that, you're talking 1969. And so she's got three boys, and her brothers, you know, stepped up to the plate. And at that time, we were in a a little group called the, it was a YMCA Indian Guides. And uh, I'll never forget, my uncle borrowed a staff car, a red station wagon with a light, and uh, took me to Indian Guides. And then whenever the fire engine came to the school or anything, guess who always got picked up and got put on the engine? And so that that bug bit, you know, from for me from a very, right. very early age. And a, a little bit of the family, family business too. Um, when I became a firefighter, I, I grew up in a union household. My dad was a retail clerk, and so I had that background. And when I became a firefighter um, here in Sacramento, I mean, when you joined, you just— you joined the union. It was automatic. There was no question. What What was your experience, Brian, when you became a firefighter in Arcadia? Yeah, um, similar. I, I think, you know, when I remember during the first week of our, you know, cadre, we, you know, go through an academy, but then they put us through a few weeks of training kind of the Arcadia way. The union president came in and basically said, here's the forms uh, to sign. And Sounds familiar. I, you know, if the other guys around me were signing them, so I signed them. And, you know, I didn't, you didn't know, you know, uh, I don't think I knew until later on what what that was all about because I didn't grow up in a union house, you know, union and, you know, when it ever came up in our house, it was kind of in a negative way to describe what's happening in the economy or whatever. And so I, I didn't know anything different until I joined one. So, yeah. And, and for me coming into Daly City at the time, um, which was around 2001, you know, that was a very uh, tumultuous time in our group. We were, I remember battling with the city and, you know, had a, had a very strong active union, union board. And it was, it was overwhelming at first for sure. But like Brian, you know, there was of course no question. All of us that were coming in were, you know, welcomed right in. Here's how it works. You know, you're an equal member. We're all part of a team. This is what's going on. And, you know, I can remember being at that first union meeting and seeing that those levels of intensity you know, it can, it can rise up pretty quickly, right? When we're talking about wages, oh, yeah. benefits and working conditions, right? Yeah. The things that we're dealing with. So Passionate about. It, for sure. And even though I, I, I didn't of course know anything at the time, but when I reflect back now, I think, you know, there was, there was a lot going on at the time. When you, when you guys first got hired, did you, did the members that were on the job, were you invited right away to go to the union, go to union meetings and get involved? Or did you get kind of the, you're on probation, just be quiet, don't be heard? Did you, did you start out going to union meetings or did, was there a little bit of a, a lag in time? I, I mean, I'll go. I, I felt like, I felt like they were able to present that in two different lanes. Like it was very clear, of course, you're on probation. This is what you're going to do. The expectations were very clear. Um, but in regards to the labor side, I also felt that that was clear that, hey, you're part of the team. This is what we're about. Um, you know, our labor leaders at the time were, I felt very good about that. Like once you're in, you're in, you all have a voice here, you know, you have a vote here um, and good about explaining, you know, what the goal of a, of a labor group is. Right. So I felt like it was pretty clear for us coming in. Brian, how about you? Yeah, I, I started going, we go to uh, meetings on duty and then, um, and you know, I didn't live very far, so it was the expectation that you would show up to a union meeting. And so started going and, but again, like I, I didn't feel like I had the, uh, I wasn't about to raise my hand. I didn't want to, I didn't know what was really going on. It, it took, takes a while to understand what's, what's happening, you know, the rules of meetings and, um, or what variation we follow. 
um, and and what we're really doing there. So, and at work, you feel like you just, you know, on probation, you want to keep your mouth closed and, right. and not open. draw any attention <laughs> to yourself. So I think that was kind of the stance I took in, in, in the union for the first, you know, year or so too. I, I had very similar um, experiences. The, the guys that um, Brian Cassidy and Jim Stewart, the guys that came and signed us up, it, it really was very similar to the conversation, Nick, that you had. Yeah. And then they actually, they did a pretty good job too of, of separating, this is your job, this is your labor union, this is what your labor union does for you, and this is what the job does for you. And I've watched over the years how um, we've kind of, I don't want to say deviated, but I've seen some deviation for that. When we see new new kids come in, they'll a lot of times get the message, just do probation. That's all you should do. Concentrate on that and worry about everything else after. And, and I want to hear what you guys think. I think that's the wrong message. I think that the message that we need to give our youngest members is absolutely that you have a responsibility to the job. You have a responsibility to the municipality that hired you. But I think you also not think, I believe, you have a very strong responsibility to your union. And and you don't have to be the guy on the front row, you know, waving the flag from day one. But I think you from day one, you should go. And when we should invite our, our youngest members, you need to attend meetings, even if it's just to learn. What do you guys think? Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, I, I think, you know, one of the things, one of the easy things that brings people in into the union um, with a lot of motivation is a challenge, right? Mm-hmm. So when you have something challenging going on in your in your community or in your district, um, of course, we found that that's when everybody can really rally together and get behind something, right? So we've had a few moments um, in my tenure on the union board where we've had new people coming in and we're having some council race or something going on or, you know, some sort of challenge where we can all kind of rally together. And of course, that helps um, the whole momentum piece, right, of getting, whether it's out into the community and being involved here or going to a council meeting or supporting a different group. So again, I think uh, to agree with you, it's absolutely critical to get these guys right in, welcome them in, tell them about what it is and, you know, get get right out there. Brian, how about you? Yeah, one of the things we've started um, is an orientation, a pretty lengthy orientation where we provide lunch for the new members and we go through all this stuff of what what is the union, what's it here to do, you know, the expectations. But I think really highlighting the fact that it is kind of the the inverse to the fire service, where it's a very top down model. Uh, you know, it goes you know the fire chief down, battalion chiefs, captains. Whereas the labor union is ground up. I mean, it's membership up to the top. The, right. The board goes in the direction that the members say. So um, you need to have a voice, and uh, we have some. Young members, um, you know, we have members all that have great ideas, and we want to capture those, uh, you know, from the youngest member to the oldest member. I think so. Looking back, oh, not looking back over the course of your career, but also your union career, is there one moment that compelled you to become an active participant in the union? I, I kind of think we all have one, and if you have one, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah, Brian? for for me. Um, I was always, you know, active uh, in in the community events that we did, you know, um, pancake breakfast, volunteering, you know, Relay for Life, stuff like that. But it wasn't until um, 
we had a tax repeal that was coming into the city and it was going to result in the closing of a fire station and laying off about nine firefighters. Um, at the same time, we had a vacancy in the board uh, for the president position and I think it was the second vice. And we'd just been coming off some bad years with you know some disciplined stuff, but also one of our members tragically dying. So I think you know for good reason, the, the president before was, you know, everybody was just kind of like, you know, nobody wanted to step into that. And um, at that point, I just, I started looking around and saying, well, who's going to step up and and just realize, well, maybe if I'm asking that question, maybe I should. And um, that was the point. And then we tackled this, uh, you know, and defeated this repeal. And from then on, I, I think, you know, the passion just kind of grew uh, because you realize when everybody bands together, you can accomplish some great things. And, and we did. Yeah. It's similar circumstance for us as well. You know, we, like I said, kind of have the roller coaster of, of challenges, be it a contract or a council member or something. And, um, for me, there was a few moments early on that, that stood out. Um, but I think the, the one that, that is at the forefront would be a, a, one of the big battles we got into with our city where they were, we were getting into this concession bargaining, which again, I can look back now and have a, I have a better understanding of it now, but, you know, kind of getting us on that, on that pathway, um, really opened my eyes. And I think a lot of our members eyes as to, you know, what can happen. Um, about the time when I got hired, I think that was, and Brian, you would speak better to this. That was when some of the union kind of benefits were peaking, you know, mm -hmm. the three fifties yes. and the, and the retirements we were, we came in, my group came in right at the kind of peak of that. And, now things are completely different for the first time. It's like what I tell our new guys for the first time in a hundred or more years, we're now on the downhill side, right? We're starting to lose some of the things that yeah. all these people before us fought and grinded it out for. Right. And that's why things like this and membership outreach um, are so important to, to try to recapture some of that ground that we lost. Some of that history. Absolutely. I, I think back Nick, and, and it did, as soon as you said that, it, it made me think to, it's probably about 2003 or four was really, yeah. for me, a sentinel contract to be part of the team. And I can remember specifically at the, um, um, the meetings to ratify the contract. And I remember speaking to the body saying, this is never going to happen again. You know, we're talking about contracts that were double digit, you're t you know, gains everywhere and trying to stress to people that this is once in a lifetime. We're not going to see this again. And then all these years forward, a lot of the people that were there for that contract are now retired out. Right. You know, there's still a good number on the job, but you're so right that things do ebb and flow. Um, for me, the one thing was... Um, Believe it or not, I was I, I could tend to be kind of a mouthy guy at the coffee table. <laughs> and uh, one of our um, shop stewards came in um, with a grievance and a contract explanation. And um, I kind of went off and, and I had a disagreement. And one of the old captains leaned over, Gary Vickery, um, one of my first captains, he, he leaned over and said, why don't you shut up and put your money where your mouth is? And kind of rocked me back in my seat sure. and... That started it off, ran for a shop steward's position, um, applied for an appointment because we had a vacancy on the executive board, 522s amalgamated. And so at that time, it was like four or five different departments. And I, I put in for an appointment 
And uh, a friend of mine, I didn't know him then, got that appointment. But what they did for me is they put me on the membership review committee. And so I went to that committee, and most of the guys there are dead now. Um, and they were all Sacramento firefighters that had gone on strike, and they were hardcore. Um, the, Lauren Walcott and Jack Church kept a list of on-the-job scabs in their pocket. Right. They showed it to me and read it to me, and I kind of went, <laughs> this is where I want to be. Well, that's showing the timeline. It, They're striking right it, there, right? It yeah, does. Just, I mean, they, yeah. they being able uh, to do that. It, was, it was incredible. But for me, that was kind of my, um, that was my sentinel moment that went, I'm going to get involved in this. We're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by CPF's Personal Exposure Reporting System, or PER. With PER Online, firefighters can document exposures to toxins that produce job-related illness. Reporting exposures is your first line of defense. It protects your rights in a job-related illness and gives your doctor medical data that can save your life. Getting signed up is easy. Visit PERonline.org to learn more and start reporting today. We're back, and I'm back with uh, Brian Orsetti and Nick Gracia, and we're just going to keep moving through. Sounds good. Why do you think it's important for firefighters not only to know their union, but be involved in their union? Uh, I'll, yeah, I'll go. Um, I, I think it's really important uh, because, you know, firefighters are know what's happening uh, when things come or, or things are needed to change, whether it's a policy or equipment that we're – is needed. They're the, you know, the boots on the ground that know firsthand, um, you know, what needs to change. And as we evolve, you know, what needs they have, and they usually have some of the best solutions, uh, to those things. So knowing, um, when they're involved and they're actually, you know, saying that stuff in union meetings, that's when change can occur. If we don't know about it, if, uh, if you don't make your voice heard and, and want to actively participate, the union's only going to go as far as, its membership takes it really. Um, so I just think point. that's important. Yeah. I mean, you know, my viewpoint on this is that as firefighters, we're so involved in our community, right. On a, on a daily basis, right. There's people in the firehouse 24, seven, 365. Um, and it's really, I just look at it as part of our ecosystem of work. You know, you gotta be involved in the community, right. You're of course going to do your job and respond to incidents. Um, being part of your labor group ties into both of those things because your, your wages, your benefits, your working conditions on the work side of it and your community involvement and participation on the other side. And, and the union is, is really the link to both of those things. So it's a nice give and take, you know, when you, when you get your group out to, if you do a car show or a pancake breakfast, they get to meet people, talk with some of the community, a council member's there, your mayor's there. And then that comes full circle when you have a situation, um, good, bad, or whatever it is, uh, where you're at the council meeting and they've, they've seen you out there, they've been out on the street with you because it's all about that relationship, right? So right. the relationship with yes. the, with the council, the relationship with your community, both of which are important, uh, both of which are necessary. Yeah. And it, it, I think we, we as union officers and union leaders, I think we're really good at those relationships that are outside, um, outside of us, meaning the city council in the community. And I think the one that we need to, um, I think we all, including myself, um, especially myself, we need to pick up the ball 
um, on our, on our firefighters, our members. Yeah, you know, yeah. we've we've we do we focus a lot on the outside because that's where things get accomplished, and and sometimes um, we don't pay close enough attention to the men and women um, that are that are our members, right. and I think that's one for all of us. Um, the reason to be um, accessible and um, willing to talk with the members at any time over anything um, is really, it's re- it, it is, it's really important. And that's the way, you know, that's one of the ways I think that we're going to get um, all of our members, you know, re-engaged sure. with, their, with their local. I mean, part of the goal for this whole thing to me is when, when firefighters, I look at it. You guys are you guys are in leadership positions. We kind of talk and 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 relate on much the same the same issues, just different sure, cities. Sure. But I want our members when they think about their job, I w- I want them to think about their union, their local union, the CPF and the IFF, all three together. That that they work together in concert to um, make their life better their life better at home because the wages are up, the benefits are up and make their life better at work because they have better working conditions and safer. And that one for me is a big one. I think we really have to pay attention to that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think the, uh, you know, it's easy, like you're saying, Brian, to like, we just get moving in the union work, right? Like you're just plugging along and it's, it is easy to miss that connection with some of your members, you know, or not get the message out or, you know, Brian, Brian and I were talking about that downstairs. Um, it's easy just to focus on your city government and whatever union work you're doing. And then you're like, oh man, all of a sudden I haven't, I haven't talked to anybody or I haven't connected on something I was thinking of. Um, so it is, it is critical, I think, to check ourselves and make sure that we're, you know, relaying and checking back in with our members. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it is hard because you, the work you're doing, whether it be with the city government or, you know, different ballot measures or whatever, you're doing it for the members, right, right. but I think there can be a disconnect if, if they don't feel like, you know, if there's an item that they need addressed or whatever that, that you're actually there for them and, you know, whether representation or just new ideas and change that they feel, hey, we're here, we're protected and, um, and you have our back. I think that's important. What, what's, Bren, what's been your experience as a union president? What's it been like being president of the Arcadia Firefighters? Uh, it's been pretty good. I, you know, I jumped in um, not having been on the board before. I'd always kind of wanted to do something on the board, and um, but that was a big kind of transition. It was a little, you know, luckily there was a few guys um, on our board that had uh, quite a bit of experience on the board. Still, uh, now have guys that have more experience than I do. Um, so that's been great to have to be able to bounce things off and and really have guys that know their roles and know their jobs and. Um, we've just been able to kind of spread out some of those things and everybody just, you know, focusing in on, on areas and, and continually, uh, improving them. Uh, it's been, you know, it's been up and down too, I think trying to learn, you know, things don't change just overnight. I think you're, that's probably one of the hardest ones, the timing of things, whether you're outside looking in or inside looking out. Yeah. 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 I have visions for how I'd like to see things go, but you know, sometimes it doesn't, doesn't happen that, that way, but we do have a really active, uh, group. You know, if, if we have something going on, we can get members to, to show up, to participate, trying to, to find out what, what guys feel comfortable doing because not everybody likes knocking on doors if you have a campaign. Um, and some guys would rather, you know, flip, 
uh, you know, pancakes at the pancake uh, breakfast, but trying to find out what guys like and what they're interested in and, and plugging them in there is huge. I think. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, I think for, for us in daily city, um, and we've had a lot of challenges. And again, I said that the, the conflict has definitely, you know, helped, helped bond us and helped, uh, you know, make us, make us stronger as a group. I always tell, um, my group. And I think Brian and I have about the same size department or membership yeah. roughly. Um, so it's nice cause you can really know everybody, but I'm, I'm, I'm always super proud of what our group has done because of the situations that we've been in. And like anything, whether it's leadership or pulling hose or any type of training, the, the more practice you get, the better you get at it. Right. You know, I've been on the board for a little over 10 years, myself and two others. Um, and again, something we were talking about downstairs, it's taken me to this point just where I'm feeling comfortable with a lot of the stuff because there is so much to know and so much to learn. Um, and it takes that time. You know, public work is slow, it's slow moving. It's, it's, to your point, Brian, it's hard to get everybody in that long game mindset. Right. You know, like I'm doing work now that might not even impact me, that hopefully will impact that brand new member because now I know how long things can take. You know, you want to change over your council that take you years. Yeah. You know, you got to think about it that way. Um, and that's just time as a group working. Um, but again, I think firefighters in general, we have that unique ability to adapt, and work hard. And it's just about, you know, finding that right, that right piece to link everybody together. You know, and that's one of the good things that the CPF does. CPF will help you with a lot of that. Um, you know, a lot of that political work, a lot of that leadership work, a lot of that connecting with other local work. Well, and like we're sitting here right now um, out of uh, resolution number 18, the membership activism Active, yeah. resolution. And I know both of you guys are on that committee, correct? Correct. Yep. Um, talk, about, talk about it a little bit, some of the things that you like, some of the things that you're seeing um, possibly in our future. This is one of those things um, that uh, we're going to use to talk to our members. I mean, you guys are the inauguration, you know, you're the first <laughs> right. one, but I, you know, we intend to be able to do this over and over on a multitude of subjects. Could, could be CPF politics, could be operational, but things to engage our members. So talk to me about the membership activism committee. Yeah, I think um, the membership activism committee was kind of born out of uh, some of my experience in, in not really knowing um, all the pieces to, to labor when I started. So I knew, you know, I would hit up Chris Mann. It was my district rep, you know, every other day for the first, you know, couple months of, of trying to learn <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do there? But really, I, I don't, though I was active in, in going to our union meetings, I don't think I really understood how CPF and IFF and our local all tie in together, how they all serve different functions, but do it as kind of one collective body. Um, so I think, and as we're watching, you know, um, you know, I didn't learn about labor history growing up in school, and I didn't know much about it. And I think trying to build an education, um, because I think that's the key to getting our members to understand and, and buy in and participate in, in their future and, and the future for the people that aren't even hired yet. Um, is to understand how all these pieces play an integral part in in their lives and their livelihood, and um, and really, yeah, try to activate uh, that in them. 
Yeah, the committee is a great, a great idea because it's, it's quick, right? The generations change quickly, right? The way that people process yeah. information changes quickly. So again, like one of the, you know, the membership committee, there's all these ideas out there about, you know, hey, what are you doing to connect with your members? What are you doing? And we're, we're finding these common threads that's going to make it better for all of us. You know, it, it could be like for us, uh, where I'm at, I've learned that a lot of the younger members prefer getting more frequent updates with smaller snippets of information. So instead of a quarterly email, they want just a little blurb every week or two, even if nothing's changed. Um, Bullet points, something. Right, right. It's interesting how far you can get with a 30-second iPhone video. That's right, that's right. And that's another thing that, another thing that, you know, we'll do, you know, send out a video message. So, you know, um, it's important to keep that engagement up. And that's why it's, it's such a nice thing to have the, the group of people from all over the state coming up with different concepts, different ideas, um, because we're better, we're better united. You know what I mean? We, we oftentimes, in my experience, especially when we're talking to other labor groups, we'll start quibbling over these small things and it's, it's all the scraps, right? We're missing the big picture sometimes. So, um, we are stronger united as, as one, as one front, you know, we'll get more accomplished. And so that's why I think the the committee is 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 a good idea, and you know, it's it's all moving forward. We're CPF is a membership driven organization, and I thank you um, you guys for being on that committee and participating in it. And I wish we had more time, but um, yeah, we're, sure. we're out of time for today, Brian and Nick. I want to thank you for joining me today in this discussion. Um, there's going to be more to follow and more to come. And if you want to learn more about unions and why it matters to firefighters, visit www.theunionisus.org. Again, thank you, gentlemen, and be safe out there.